All right, guys, we're back for the second part of episode 70. We left off on the fight announcement of Kelvin Qatar versus Jeremy Lil Heathen Stevens being rebooked and moved from UFC 248 to 249. So if you'd like to hear about that fight, listen to the first part. I would hope you'd listen to the first part of the podcast before the second anyway, but who knows, you know, it, stranger things have happened. So let's move on to another fight. Now, this fight is not officially announced but it is in the works for the same card UFC 249. And it is a featherweight matchup between the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung and Zabit Magomed Sharapov. This is a fantastic fight for both guys. And the winner of this fight would either get Max Holloway next or Alexander Volkanovsky for a title shot. This is a number one contender fight without a doubt. And I cannot wait. The Korean zombie has looked great in his return to the UFC. He beat, you know, Dennis Bermudez. He lost a very close fight to Yair Rodriguez by, he was winning the fight on the scorecards, but he got knocked out at the buzzer in the fifth round. Then he beat um, Frankie Edgar and just basically demolished him in the first round. So this is a great fight. And uh, Zabit Magomed Sharipov obviously has never lost in the UFC. He's coming off a win over Kelvin Qatar in their fight. Like I said, if the fight was five rounds, I would have definitely given the win to Kelvin Qatar, and I figured he would probably finish that fight, but it wasn't. It was three rounds, and Zabit dictated the pace through the first one and a half, one and three quarters of the rounds, and then towards the end of the second and into the third, Kelvin Qatar picked it up and was beating the brakes off of Zabit. But this is going to be a fantastic fight. Both guys are extremely well-rounded. Chan Sung Jung, a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, has the only, I believe, the now there's two twister submissions in the UFC because Bryce Mitchell, Bryce Mitchell landed one as well just recently. But before that, he was the only fighter in the UFC to land a twister submission on Leonard Garcia. So if you haven't seen that fight, definitely go out of your way and check that out. But... This is a good fight, and I don't really know who's going to win. It's one of the best fights on the card for 249. Obviously, this card's stacked. I mean, think about it. We've got Tony Ferguson and Habib Nurmagomedov in the main event. We've got Rose Namajunas and Jessica Andrade in the co-main event, the rematch. You've got Kelvin Qatar versus Jeremy Stevens, and you've also got the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung versus Abit Magomed Sharapov. Great fights. One of the most stacked cards the UFC has ever put on. Those four fights in general could be main events of fight nights and pay-per-views on their own. I mean, it's fantastic, and I can't wait. But this fight's going to be great because you know Chan Sung Jung is going to push forward. He's going to look to land some really good combinations, and if it goes to the ground, he's no slouch on the ground either, and he can easily lock up a submission. Zabit Magomed Sharipov is very quick, and he throws a lot of unorthodox techniques like flying, jumping, switch roundhouse kicks to the head, the senchai kick, the hand plant roundhouse kick. He does a lot of grappling where he'll go with uh, trips and try to get trip takedowns and uh, take you off your feet and control you on the ground. And I don't think he's going to be able to control the Korean zombie on the ground. Now, another thing about this fight is that it is a three-round fight. If it was a five-round fight, I would go Korean zombie all day. But in a three-round fight, Sabit might just be quick enough to outpoint Chan Sung Jung. But if Jung picks up on his tendencies and can really push um, Zabit from beginning to end and not really let him dictate the pace for the first two rounds, then the Korean zombie is going to finish him. And I'm leaning towards the Korean zombie to get the win here in general because I think he has 
just enough experience, just enough power, and just enough of a well-rounded game to beat a guy like Zabit. Even on the ground, you know, a lot of the times uh, Zabit has an advantage over his opponents on the ground, but against a guy like the Korean Zombie, that's not that's not the case. I think Jung has the advantage on the ground. On the feet with variety, I give the advantage to, you know, Zabit with the unpredictability and the variety and the strikes and the footwork, but... With overall game and patience and just overall fight game, I give the advantage to the Korean Zombie all day long. And I really think this should have been a fight on a on a fight night in a five-round main event. We need to see what Zabit's going to look like in a five-round fight prior to his fight that maybe was be against Max Holloway, maybe against the champ right now, Alexander Volkanovsky. But we need to see what Zabit is going to look like in a five-round fight. We've seen the Korean Zombie. He doesn't slow down in five rounds. He obviously got finished by um, Yair Rodriguez, but it was a fight where he was winning on the scorecards. But yeah, this is a great matchup for 249. Like I said, it's not officially announced yet, but it should be within the next coming week. I would expect an official announcement from the UFC. And yeah, I'm so excited for this fight. I do not know what's going to happen. Like I said, right now I'm leaning more towards Chan Sung Jung just due to experience and overall well-rounded game and the pressure he puts on fighters. I think that's going to stifle Zabit's forward-moving, you know, kick-heavy game and uh, just a bunch of uh, crazy techniques. I think that's going to be stifled by the pressure and experience of the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung. But who knows, and I cannot wait for the fight. Probably going to be fight of the night at 249. I mean, aside from Habib and Tony Ferguson, but yeah, I cannot wait. And another fight which just got announced today for International Fight Week. UFC 250 is when it's probably going to happen, and it is a welterweight championship fight between the champion, the Nigerian nightmare, Kamaru Usman, and Jorge Gamebred Masvidal, the baddest mofo low, do- mofo low down around this town. You know, if, if you know what that's from, I'm the baddest mofo low down around this town. Do you know what that's from? If you do, um, leave shoot me a message because it'd be funny. But yeah, this is a great fight. It, it makes perfect sense for Masvidal. He's, he's on a three-fight win streak against Darren Till, Ben Askren, and Nate Diaz most recently at UFC 244. He looks like the best he's ever looked in his career. Kamado Usman's coming off that win at UFC 245 against Colby Covington in a back-and-forth barn burner of a fight. Such a great fight. Um, one of the fights of the year, without a doubt. And uh, I can't wait to see this fight. You know, honestly, I think a lot of people are might be leaning towards game-bred Masvidal, and I'm pulling for Masvidal in this fight. I think he has more than enough ability to win, but you have to remember, just because Kamado Usman stood was uh, in a stand-and-bang fight against Colby Chaos Covington does not mean that he's going to even try to do that against Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. I expect him to come out and shoot a takedown right off the bat and just chain takedowns together, try to tire out Masvidal, and... Uh, and, you know, put a pace on him that he can't handle and eventually finish him or just win a five-round decision. But, you know, Masvidal, he, we thought that's what was going to happen against Askren, and Askren got countered with a flying knee in the first five seconds of the fight and knocked out. So I wouldn't be surprised if Masvidal tries to throw a flying knee right out of the gate in this fight as well. But Kamaru Usman's a smart fighter, and uh, I would expect him to, to see that coming and maybe try to fake a takedown, have Masvidal throw something crazy, and then shoot after Masvidal throws his counter, you know, counter the counter with a takedown. But I uh, wrestling ability and grappling, it goes to uh, Kamaru all day. You know, he's one of the best wrestlers in the UFC. Just look at what he did to Tyron Woodley 
at UFC 235. And uh, on the feet, it, it's a fight for Masvidal all day. So it's really a fight of, it, it's, a, it's a question of where is the fight going to take place. If it takes place on the ground, yes, Masvidal has good takedown defense, decent enough takedown defense and good grappling. But I think against Usman, he would just be, you know, it, it wouldn't be a match for Usman's grappling. But I also think that on the feet, it's Jorge Gamebred Masvidal's fight to win all day. You know, you saw Kamaru kind of get picked apart and beaten up by Colby Covington. Obviously, he has a really good straight left hand. His straight left and straight right hands are very, very good. One of the best strikes he throws. And he has a very good teep to the body, a front kick to the body right under to the bread basket. That's one of his best strikes as well. I could see them working against Masvidal, but I think that Masvidal has been in so many fights and his fight IQ is just so high that he would be able to dictate the pace on the feet and most likely knock out Kamaru Usman. But, you know, like I said, it's just one of those fights where we don't know what's going to happen. There's so much that could take place in this fight. And it's like I said, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a game of where does the fight take place. On the ground, Usman's fight to win all day. On the feet, it's Gamebred's fight to win. And I, I don't know. In my head, I'm leaning towards Masvidal. I think that he will be able to find the holes in Kamaru Usman's game. Kamado's game and uh, finish him. I believe he'll be able to hurt him and knock him out. But if it is a grappling contest, you got to give the advantage to the wrestler. You always have to give the advantage to the wrestlers in a fight like this. And and number two is it's one of those cases where both guys are going to know what the both guys are going to do. But with variety and unpredictability, I would give that advantage to Jorge. I would give it to Masvidal. But like I said, I don't know, you know, in my head, I see that I see Kamaru just trying to tire him out with the wrestling. But if that doesn't work, does Masvidal just piece him up? And I expect Masvidal to be able to piece up Kamaru Usman on the feet. But I just see Kamaru just kind of grappling, kind of like what Damian Maya did in their fight. Um, if you watch Damian Maya versus Jorge Masvidal at UFC 211, Damian Maya was able to dictate the fight with the grappling. Now, obviously, he got hit by Masvidal in the fight. You know, it wasn't, he didn't come out unscathed. But once he was able to chain the takedown attempts together and uh, really just get it together, he was able to beat Masvidal on the cards and just control him. And if if Maya can do it, then Kamaru Usman can definitely do it. And that's one of the things that worries me. And I I said I'd lean towards Mas, uh, Masvidal. I, I'm kind of leaning towards Kamaru Usman right now. Just because I feel like he's going to come out and wrestle right away, that's the most, That's the most. you know, that's the smartest thing for him to do, and I expect him to do it. So, yeah, I cannot wait for the fight. Like I said, Dana White said it should be taking place. International Fight Week, which is the first slash second week of July in Las Vegas. So get ready for that. It should be great. And I can't wait for you guys to see it. That's going to be it for this episode. Thanks for watching. And, uh... I hope you guys enjoyed. Like I said, we had a lot to go over. And if you like the Touch Em Up podcast, it's available anywhere audio podcasts are available. That includes Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere else you can get your audio podcasts. Some episodes are available on YouTube. Search Touch Em Up Pod. That's T-O-U-C-H apostrophe E-M-U-P exclamation mark P-O-D 
exclamation mark on YouTube. So if you'd like to see YouTube, it's great. It's just audio. We'll be moving more to YouTube in the future, but for right now, it's mainly just audio. So if you enjoy this podcast, get it out to your friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, any fans of mixed martial arts and professional wrestling that you know, tell them about the Touch Em Up podcast. I'm your host, Double M. This has been episode 70, part two of the Touch Em Up podcast, and I'm out. Have a good night, everybody. All right? Thank you.